Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the FPL show. We are here, ready to go. After the aftermath of game week one, I am here again with Dom and Damo. How are you going, fellas? Not too bad, Paul. Not too bad. How about yourself, mate? Yeah, not bad. Dom, how are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. After our stalemate on the weekend. Yeah. So, for those that don't know, Dom... The Chelsea supporter, Damo and I are Liverpool supporters, so we were graced by having a fun little match-up there in game week one, which we'll probably get into a little bit later in the episode. Before we get started, if you are listening to us over on Apple Podcasts or over on Spotify, make sure you follow to get us that extra bit of support and make sure you jump over to Twitter at FPL Dopada. Uh, which is D-O-P-A-D-A, to make sure you see all the content that we put up there. Normally, we'll put our little team reveals uh, through there and Dom will run some different polls and share some different fantasy advice for you guys over there. So I reckon we get straight into it, guys, because it is running a little bit late. I think out of the three of us, I had the worst score this week. Only just. So I might start off with a bit of a recap on my side. So... I finished off with 74 points, and if you offered me 74 points at the start of the game week, I 100% would have taken it. Everyone had Erling Haaland as a captain, so the 26 points there was pretty much unanimous across most uh, engaged managers. Some differential picks that did really, really well for us, Chilwell. So after the last podcast, I did change my tone from Stones to Chilwell. So that's seven points gained uh, thanks to you guys because... After talking through that with you, I definitely saw the light of Ben Chilwell, and we'll get into him a little bit later. And then for me, Saka, 10 points. Again, everyone's got him. I did go with Nicholas Jackson, who got one point, but we will talk about him a little bit later, but very, very excited to see what he brings. I did end up going with Matoma, which was a bit of a negative in a way because Mbwemo got the penalty, but five points from Matoma and Brighton still looked very, very good. So then other than that, some big decisions that I had to make was I ended up going Pickford over Onana, which cost me was that seven points and a win in my head-to-head league um, because I lost by a single Onana bonus point, which was frustrating. But then the rest of my team, Jao Pedro, is probably the other standout. So 74 points, very, very happy with the performance from the side. The bench was just twos and ones. So I made all the right decisions in the starting 11. And 74 points leaves me at an overall rank of 1.8 million, which doesn't bother me too much at this point because it's only game week one and we've got plenty of football to come. Who would like to jump through their side next? I think, Dom, you finished on, what, one or two points less than me, mate? Uh, no, I think so. I got 76. You were close to me. Oh, there you go. Well, off you go, Dom. Uh, uh, the only difference from mine and Paul's team was I went DRB as my 6.5 mid, who hey, scored a nice goal and racked up seven points, which I'm very, very happy with. And he had, comes into a nice run coming up. It was Everton at home and Burnley away. And the only thing Gabriel... Stepping on the pitch hurt me because I would have had Rico Henry with an assist come on. But I've got, but I'm still happy I went. Uh, Rico Henry's got three great games coming up. Yep. So, yeah, and they'll provide some good cover yeah. to be able to play him yeah. in, depending on whether that's a midfielder and, uh, or um, a defender coming yeah. out. He looked, he looked great bombing up that left flank as well. Yep. Nice. 100%. All right, Damo. Oh, sorry, Dom. Keep going. No, no, I said Dame. Ah, there we go. Yeah. Far away. Um, now, so what, what's your rank? Paul? I was 1.8. At 74 points. 
And I'm 10 points ahead at 84, and I'm 284k in the world at 284, 651. I just want to put it out there to everyone listening. Your rank does not matter this early on. It's 10 points between me and Paul, and it's over one and it's only it's over one million dollars. It's only one million dollars. 1.6 million spots. Uh, with that being said, you don't really worry about your rank to the first 10 game weeks. So, look, even though my rank's 284, if I could finish 284 for every single game week, I'll win FPL, so I'm happy with that. Um, I think my team is, considering you got the points, I'm going to break it down its entirety. Uh, pick for two points. Uh, obviously, pretty disappointed that he concedes from not much XG, uh, you know, out of... Leno or Pickford, who should really keep the clean sheet there nine times out of ten, is probably Pickford because Fulham didn't do too much. Yep. So, we were a bit disappointed. Um, Chilwell, we've spoken about, we've probably speak to him more in depth. Great. Uh, Astupian's one I want to really mention. I thought he looked that good. It's making me change my transfer plans. Yeah, he was unreal, three. wasn't he? That's cool. Oh, he was fantastic. So attacking. I might even hold him to play him in like those bigger games just because the attacking returns like Chilwell was never going to Well, we saw side. last year with Astupian against Arsenal. When he got that, what was it, a sixteen pointer or something? When he, you yeah. know, that, <laughs> that yeah, was like incredible. a three, they they won three nil and whatever. And you take the clean sheet there, but you know he scored. What he scored nine or seven this week? Seven without a clean sheet. Seven, seven, seven without a clean sheet, a yellow card, and three <laughs> bonus points. He got a, yeah, absolute yeah. monster. He was. Incredible. He's almost just um, has to start every game. He's almost fixture proof, I think. Yep. He's getting um, towards it. If he gets through that um, Newcastle and United in game week four and five, he gets through that with contributions, then he's cemented himself as fixture proof. And you can get some rotation for him too if you really want to bench him. So oh, easy. Um, There's so many good 4.5 defenders, and even now um, we've seen yep. defenders. 100%, which we'll touch on in a second. Um, next on my list is Gabriel. Um, he's the one that cost me my $100 in the unpaid league, Tom. Um for everyone that's in a better time zone, obviously New Saliba was uh, going to start. Yeah. Gabriel was rumoured to miss. Had broke about, I think, like 10 or 15 minutes before. Yeah, we had no chance. Last year. 2.30 yeah. in the morning, mate. I was dead asleep. Um, so, unfortunately, a one-pointer there. Would have only been Cowell for me for two points off the bench. So, it doesn't not here nor there. Would have actually tied me in my... Uh, head-to-head league thing that me and Doma and Paul, I think, are all in. Um, and then the only other differential pick from all of us is we all had Saka, we all, we all had Saka. We all had Bruno. I went in Buemo where Dom's gone to Yarby. You're the, the only one with Bruno. We've Paul both got Rashford. Uh, there we go. It's the same thing, uh, basically. They're both blanked. Um, but Madison, I, you know, I, we saw, I spoke about that. I was going to go no money in the bank and go James Madison. I'm very glad that I have. He looks like he's about to rise in price imminently. Like by the time this recording comes out, he's probably basically tipped over to not roll over price. Um, and I thought he was exceptional. Uh, everything from Spurs went through him. His dead balls were fantastic. I know he got an assist for the first one, but a couple other dead balls look good. And it just looks like if everything's going to tick through this answer, it's going to be through Madison in this very forward thinking eight role, almost like a 10. And that's providing an extra uh, tucked in ability to bounce off. Um, I honestly think that there is a world where Madison could go out there and really score the upper echelons of 180 points this season. So I'm very happy. I know I usually want to have money in the bank. I don't, but it meant I got Madison for nine points. Harlan's Harlan. Pedro, even though he got seven, Mr. Sitter, as Paul will tell you, because we were messy. Yeah, I hadn't turned it on at that point, but I've seen it since. Yeah, um, but look, a good game week, 84 points, maybe a little bit lucky to say that we got to 84, but at the same stage, I feel like I've got a really good squad for moving forward. Yeah, and that's the thing. I think the template teams set us up 
really, really well. So when we talk about what we can do moving forward this week, we're in a position where we can start to think about what we want to do and team dependent is going to be um, important there. So look, I think let's get into who really performed well this week. So we've touched on um, Estupinen. I think everyone that's listening to this podcast is going to have Estupinen in their defence. So I don't think there's too much. And if you don't have him... I'd be making heaven and earth move to get him in at least, even for the minimum for the next two weeks. When he goes to Wolves and West Ham, they're just two potential clean sheets with potential attacking returns. And I think if you don't have him over the three weeks, you're really going to fall behind. Ben Chilwell was the next one. I think less people. So Ben Chilwell's only in 18% of teams, whereas Stupinen's in 55%. So Ben Chilwell's ownership still, although he's gone up to 5.6, is still quite low. I still count 20% as a differential player. So I think, and from the positions... Yeah, but he would have been... I would love to... What was he before, like, going into the I game? I thought he was around the 12 well. to 15% mark. He's already had yeah. a price rise, so that mean, that yeah. indicates that he's had, you know, some interest in there from managers that didn't have him. And I think people will move to him anyway. So... What we need to start seeing is Ben Shewell in teams because he is going to be an absolute fantasy points monster. He's been traded in by 416,000. Okay, and we're, what, four days since the game reopened pretty well. So the difference with Ben Shewell was the positioning. And I know everyone that's listening to us probably listens to other content creators as well. But the key is that he has those left side especially if they're going to play a five, that left side of the whole pitch is his. So we saw that there was a goal disallowed just for being marginally offside as well. But he's just going to get so many opportunities to to create for the likes of Sterling and Jackson and all the other attacking talent because there's just going to be space left for him to, to float into. So I think Chelsea triple-ups could happen. Dom and I are both on a double-up at the moment. And I, although Nick Jackson only got one point, I'm really, really excited to see what the run is going to be like for Jackson because they go West Ham this week and it's Luton, Forest, Bournemouth, Villa, Fulham, Burnley to take you up to Arsenal in game week nine. So there's going to be some potential big, big hauls from Chilwell to Nick Jackson, I believe. What do you think about that? Yeah, I agree. Damo, as the non-Jackson owner... yeah. (laughs) What are your thoughts around potentially trying to make way for him? Oh, he, he impressed me. He impressed me in game week one. Um, look, without Chelsea fans slating me and whatever, I thought it was a very Drogba-esque performance. So I haven't seen a player play like that for Chelsea leading the line. Since Drogba, you could fire it into his feet and you body people off, bring everyone into play, give the spin, get in the box, and you know, make secondary runs, look dangerous. Allison made a good one-on-one save against him very early on to a nasty cross. Um, so, look, I-, I want him. Um, for me to get him in, you know, that's more of a game week three or four thing for me. And then going long term, it's not something I would do in game week two. I'm very, very much going to roll. Um, but it's definitely a player that I have earmarked and have ticked off. I've, I've got double Chelsea, but in a different area. I've got Cowell was my 4.5 on the bench because I know he's nailed. Um, and allows me to double up on these really good Chelsea fixtures where clean sheet should be evident. I'll get the chill clean sheet and the protecting return and get the six points from Cowell as well. So, um, but yeah, Jackson, if I had to pick a third asset from Chelsea, uh, definitely would be uh, the one that I would go for. 
how to get to him. Very much dependent on what happens in game week two, if I want to bring him in in game week three. If United look poor again against Spurs, it's Fernandez out for me. Or if Salah blanks, and the whole reason I picked him at the start was to captain him here, and if he blanks against Bournemouth, then we'll split the funds up to get Jackson yeah. in. We're not going to move 3-4-3 three, three, or and 3-5-2. Cool. Move him in Barmer So, Dom, anyone in particular that caught your eye this weekend that you've got on the radar? I said it from the start, Harvey Barnes. I've been a big admirer of him uh, from the Leicester days, and I know Paul Yu as well. We used to love him, still do. But yeah, he's he's the guy on my radar, and they just look yeah, so. And good. I think the thing with Newcastle, and I want to touch on Newcastle as well because they're going to be a very very interesting team to watch this year. We saw Isaac; he had the highest. Expected goals this weekend with a 1.3. And granted, he scored a double, didn't he? I think he scored two of their five. Yeah. And Callum Wilson yeah. come on the bench, off yeah. the bench, and then had the second highest XG for the for the game week as well. I think with Newcastle, they're definitely a, a wait and see type of team because when they've got the players they've got, we don't know who's going to be locked in. And Barnes come off the bench and was able to still contribute really well. And I do think he's going to be there long-term uh, and be a really good option in the 6.5 million midfielder bracket. And he might actually be someone that might go under the radar over the next couple of weeks because they've got the City-Liverpool uh, two games in a row. So I think people will see that he had a good game this weekend. Some people will transfer him in. Others will want to wait and see and then recognise that they're not going to be able to get him in because his points will drop off. So I'm... Going to keep an eye on him over the next few weeks because I'm in a similar position to Damo where I'm thinking of rolling the transfer. But what that means is I'm going to miss out on Madison and probably Embuemo because of the price rises that are going to happen. So those other 6.5 mids, so you're looking at Diaby, Eze and Harvey Barnes are probably the ones on the watch list if you don't have them already because I think the others are already going to probably fly up in price. So... Amo, was there anyone that you wanted to touch on that caught your eye this weekend? Um, don't know about touching on teams that caught my eye, but there was a, a partnerships that caught my eye, which was probably more, more noticeable. First one for me was the Brentford front two in the five at the back system of three five two, whichever way you want to view it, which Dean Bremer and Wissa and how they worked off each other so well was very dynamic. Um, and I feel like if you own Wissa, Great pickup for six mil, looks absolutely superb. And in Buemo, with apparently this lack of an Ivan Tony Apple might not be as effective, uh, looked outrageously good and missed a big chance for his second one in that game. The other one I want to bring up, which is the one that Don has, and I'm actually a little bit jealous of how well we played and what looking forward is Watkins and uh, Diaby playing together, I thought really impressed me, which I know is weird to say in the game where they lost 5-1, but uh, if you look at that, I didn't think Villa played too bad. A lot of the goals they conceded were like defensively bad mistakes and turnovers in transition. So in those periods of play where things were linked up and things were tightened, you know, not a 5-1 blowout, um, you know, the movement of those two looked incredible. Watkins to get away even with a return and people transferring them out is ridiculous. And I thought Diaby, obviously, also getting a return, um, looked very good. And I maybe wonder who might for the future there as well. Last one is, and I know he didn't get a return or anything, but it was Eze. He got like 1.8 XG. Okay. If you watch the game back, he was integral to what Palace did. Uh, the only real move that he didn't really, uh, you know, in, you know, was 
the creator of or taking the shot on was the goal. So, you know, on a different day, he's walking away with two two returns there. Uh, if the you believe this, if you go by the stats, and that's a good amount of points. So, those are probably two partnerships that I liked, and uh, a player that didn't, uh, you know, get points that I think you know if you got him, I also. Um, don't get me wrong, I love I got him because he's the best six point five. But at the moment, if I was to drop Bruno or Salah down to fun Jackson, yeah, I like that as well. And just looking others, at so. the price uh, target, so we're recording our time Thursday night, so we're pretty well. What are we just over twenty four hours to the deadline because it's another early Saturday game for us. And and Buemo, his target is eighty four out of a hundred at the moment. So you'd say that between now and the deadline, and Buemo is probably going to sneak price rise in before the deadline. Diaby sitting at seventy, yeah. so I don't see a world where Diaby goes up this week. But playing Everton, I think if he goes off again, then I've got a really tough decision to make because if I don't make a move on one of these six point five mids, I'm not going to get one. So that's my worry, and I'll talk to my plan a little bit about what I want to do long term. But I've got a few options, so I'm not shoehorned into making a particular move. But the RB there at 70 is going to be really interesting to watch, just so that you guys are aware as well. Luis Diaz is at 100.6, so I'd expect that tomorrow morning, Luis Diaz will be up at 7.6. James Madison is sitting at 93. Yep. And Jao Pedro is at 92. So I'd expect those three at a minimum to go up in one each. And if all three of them go up, I've gone from. You've absolutely flown up uh, in this first week, which, you know, that's some good planning there. And, and, you know, you've held well on some good players there, Damo. And just for reference as well, Harvey Barnes is sitting at 51. So he would be locked in there, still at 6.5 million. So. I think from a game week one perspective, that's sort of where we're sitting. There's lots there, but my key message is don't panic. And I think we mentioned this last week, and this is something that I've done a lot in FPL. I get very reactive to what's happened and wanting to chase the points. But at the end of the day, we've picked teams that we think are strong, not just for the first three game weeks, but hopefully for long term. I did mention my Rashford pick was more a short-term pick just to try and make use of the fixtures before we saw that their team was going to change. But, you know, that's fine. In looking at Rashford anyway, if people are in the same position, because Manchester United were dreadful against Wolves, they're not going to get much worse than that from an attacking perspective. Post-Arsenal, they go Brighton, Burnley, Palace, Brentford, Sheffield, United to get to game week 10 where they've got Man City, and then they get another good run. So I'm more than happy to, to ride my team how it is anyway. Like, I don't feel like I'm forced into any transfers as it is. But, you know, it is what it is. So, look, we'll leave the game week one talk there unless there's something that you guys want to get on top of before we move on to next, this week. Not really. Um, you know, I've kind of mentioned I'm rolling for game week two, so there's not much for me to really speak about there. More of my... Uh, thoughts and understandings of transfers are going to be game week three based, which I'll do that to pod from interstate where these guys are still here in Adelaide. Um, But yeah, unless Dom's planning a move or Dom's planning something crazy for game week two. I'm definitely rolling. I said from the start I was going to roll and the fact they did quite well means I'm going to to definitely roll. And I'm in the same position. So I'm I'm making one change to my team, but that's utilising my bench. Uh, And this is 
Yep. So this is going to probably start a bit of a conversation oh, yeah. with a lot of people. Yeah. Is the utilization of Matt Turner. So we've seen now that we've got two playing four million goalkeepers yep. in FPL at the moment. So Ariola got the start for West Ham, and Matt Turner got the start for uh, Nottingham Forest. And it sounds like Dean Henderson isn't going to go to Forest because of an injury to Tom Heaton back at Manchester United. So I think Turner's going to end up being the long-term number one, at least for the first half of the season. And what I like better with Turner than Areola is the rotation of fixtures. So we all have Pickford. And the two game weeks that we really need Turner are this week and in game week five when... Pickford plays Aston Villa this week, and there's a world where Villa can score big against Everton. Yeah. This could be a game week where Pickford has a game where he makes six yeah. saves and gets big points. But the reason I'm looking at playing Turner is because Forrest last season was statistically really strong at home, and they're playing Sheffield United at home. So I'm going to back in Matt Turner this week, and if Pickford goes and gets one of those huge hauls, then good on him. But... I'm going to play the safe, hopefully get my six points and run, take the clean sheet from Matt Turner and away we go. And then in game week number, let me just get Pickford back up again. I think it's game week five. Pickford plays Arsenal and Matty Turner, I believe, yeah. in game week five, he gets Burnley at home. So that is, they are two massive fixtures for Nottingham Forest and they're, they're two first home fixtures as well, which I really... Like and they do have tough fixtures away. They've already played uh, Arsenal. Then they're going to play Man United and Chelsea. So they're going to be starving for points in these home fixtures. So I'm very confident in using Matt Turner this week. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Off you go, Dom. Think it's going to be the same as me, though, mate. Yeah, I'm starting Matt Turner as well. That's probably the only change I'm making. Uh, just still tossing up between. Uh, Gabriel and if I start Rico Henry but I think I might roll the Dolce dice on Gabriel with Pimba's now ACL injury who started on that left so I'd like to think Gabriel's a lock and if he doesn't start here then he's going to go next week but um, back to Turner yeah I'm, I'm going to start him I didn't think he was too bad against Arsenal he conceded a screamer that no keeper in the world saves and then a deflected shot that could have gone anywhere yeah and I would, I would going to echo this Tom said, I'm starting Gabriel and Turner as well. On the Gabriel one, uh, Seattle, like Arteta did it for uh, tactical reasons. He expected to dominate the ball so much. And so he wanted to have two really inside fullbacks and um, and a very aggressive centre-back centre and decided to drop the guy he started for the last 73 competitive games he's been available for. So um is what it is, but that's Arteta. But Timmy's injury, I'm with you, Dom. I think he starts. Um, even if he starts and gets a clean sheet this week, I do think in game week three, Gabriel is my transfer out. Um, and then to the Turner thing, uh, one thing I want to mention is Forest have a very good record at home, but they have a very good defensive record, which I know sounds really, really weird. And couple that with the fact against Arsenal, they only conceded 0.83 XG, and they conceded twice. Uh, you can read into that of either A... Uh, the defence is not great, not conceding, but it's a one-game game. So, so, so sample will be, and the way I'll read it is, against a Arsenal side, they limited Arsenal to 0.83 XG. What are they going to do to a Sheffield side at home who are playing a weaker side than the side that's in the championship that came up? So I really do think that this should be a nailed-on Turner um, 
clean sheet by the paper. But I will just put it out there. This is probably the day that yep. you could say and it's a 10 look, and makes 10 As I said, I think you just got to play the fixture here. Cry. Take the home fixture against a newly promoted team. Versus, I know Aston Villa didn't, you know, the scoreline didn't reflect how good they are. But at home, they're going to bounce back. And I think with Diaby and with Watkins and with all the other quality players that they've got on the team, they're going to be able to bounce back against Everton. Although Everton were solid at, you know, in game week one as well. So I think the last main talking point we've got that people are going to be concerned with this week is captaincy. So 30% of the game, 29.4 to be exact, owned Mohamed Salah. If things went plan on the weekend... I would have had less issues with captaining Salah. One question I've got is, is the way that he came off the pitch going to be an impact for him moving forward? Or was that his reaction to knowing that he could make a difference and that he was coming off a bit early? Uh, I'll take this one, being a Liverpool fan. Don probably has his views, but uh, I'll just take this one and leave this one in the park. I've never seen Salah come off the park before the 90th minute of the game and be happy. Especially in a game he hasn't scored in. So I think he was just disgruntled that he was being dragged. But to be fair, tactically, we were out on our feet. We needed some pace. Bendo, that's quite quick. Um, so it was just a more get some youth, get, get some people that can be an outball. And Salah was the one that made way. I, I think, if anything, it gives it the adverse effect. I think he would go out there and be like, he knows he's not going to get dropped just for reason. We wouldn't drop him either. Um, and I think he would go out there and just be like, well, you dare drop me? Well, look, I'll in that first half, and Dom will let you talk to this as well, I thought he was so. actually very, very solid. Um, obviously got the assist, great ball for Luis Diaz. Again, scored and was marginally offside, but I thought he created a lot, and a lot of the play in that first half did come down the right wing, and in the second half, Chelsea dominated. They really did dominate. And I can understand why the sub was made because, you know, we just weren't getting anything going forward. But, yeah, so, Dom, as a Chelsea supporter in that game, but also a Salah owner, what were your sort of thoughts on his performance on Saturday night, Sunday night? Oh, I thought his, his – uh, yes, I thought his first half was brilliant. Um, he's giving Cole a, a real hard time, which I kind of knew what happened because Cole, Cole was only young. I like what he's about, but I thought, yeah, you know, he'd come up against probably the best winger the league seen in maybe ever. So he had a, uh, he, yeah, he really had a tough, tough go, Levy. But uh, yeah, I think Salah was probably one of the best players in the park in that first half. And I don't know what happened at half time, but it just turned. And yeah, we, we just dominated that second half. And I think the change needed to be made from a tactical yep. sense. Because I think, you know, if Salah doesn't come off, we might go on and win that game. And, you know, you walk away from Stamford Bridge with a point. Uh, you take yeah, that, I but yeah, I don't think we'd look into as well. I think um, you can you guys away Salah 90 minutes this week. Sorry, I just thought my thing cut out for a little bit. Um, for me, yeah, it's, yeah. yeah, coming back home, yeah. Um, yeah, I think we we need a response as well. Liverpool's depth, we know, is a big problem, and that's you know, that's the difference with where we're at at the moment, and we're not able to bring on those players, and this isn't you know, obviously a, a football podcast, it's an FPL podcast, but that normally should mean that Someone like Mo Salah is going to have those minutes locked and loaded. So I would be confident. I've got the captain on him at the moment. Bournemouth at home. No Haaland's playing at home. He has played a full game this morning in the uh, Super Cup final um, between Sevilla 
if Man City start that game early and well, yep. I see a world where Harlan doesn't see 90 minutes through there. And Alvarez played five minutes. We got to pray so for a, a city is there even a world up. where Harlan doesn't start? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but no, no, I'm still, I'm still riding Harlan. Like he doesn't come out the team. Let's not do this year. again. Unless he does an ACL, <laughs> he doesn't come out the team. But I actually think Salah is the safer option this week because of those factors. Put your captain armband on. But I think. Damn, we touched on it. Yeah. Yep. I, uh, I I thought that this was a very nailed on move that if you're going Salah, you're 100 captaining him in game week two. You don't even Harlan could have scored ten on the weekend. I still would have the captain armband on Salah. I think he is some projections on Fantasy Football Hub. It's not projected. I know on a couple of other websites like Fantasy Football Scout that is projected to get more points. Uh, sometimes the AI isn't perfect. This is the sort of game where Pep, after 60 minutes, will go, we're done with Dustin against Newcastle if it's done and Dustin. Which I highly yeah. do. I actually think that Newcastle game will play 90 because it'll be close. Um, but if there's a world where... You if, never know. If there's a world where City are 2 new up, then off he goes. In this big game here, I think Harlan's going to be playing from minute one to minute 90. Um, and if you don't have Harlan, if you don't have Salah, Harlan's your obvious captain choice for that. Um, is there a world where Alvarez starts? Yeah. He starts behind Harlan in that ten sort of role. I think they start together. Yep. Cool. All right. Is there anything else that you guys wanted to touch on? Because we're all rolling our transfer, so there's not a whole heap to unpack. We've gone through who we are looking at for potentially game week three. Got some questions in the from the Discord that I can read out for you, Paulie. All right. Do you want to lead us away, Damon? I'm going to touch on the first one there from Harlan because we had a question from Luca, who I used to coach. and he doesn't have summer, but he wanted to mention a player and speak about it. His main reason for asking the question is he thinks that City might drop Harlan because he was playing 90 minutes in the Super Cup, which if it wasn't Newcastle, could half get. But anyway, Saka against Crystal Palace is a captive option this week over Harlan. Discuss. No, uh, Palace are the fourth best defence in the league, and they're at home, and Arsenal created less XG than Forrest on the weekend. Next question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, look. Can understand that from a Saka's, you know, does he has coming off a goal and has on penalties, but Arsenal and Palace they've got a bit of an interesting history as well. And I, yeah, I just don't think it's worth taking that level of risk at this point of the season. I think you're going it's Haaland or Salah. I think either either or. Don't put yourself out there and if Saka blanks and Salah and Haaland both turn, then you're playing some serious catch up. I'm going to put it to this to you this way, Luca. A, I've known you since you were 12. B, I've coached you since that age, and I know you're a smarter kid than this. Um, I honestly would tell you right now that Madison would be a better captain choice than what Saka would be this week. That, yeah, I don't know about Man United, but... Yeah, I'm only saying that because I think Man United and Spurs would be open. I see the world where Madison gets two free returns, but Saka's ceiling is probably one return in this game. So... Yeah, don't captain a person with only one one return of their ceiling. So, All right. put it, keep it on Harlan, mate. Next question, though, comes from the same same boy, Luca. He doesn't have the Turner and Pickford rotation. He has the Onana and Turner rotation. And he wants to know, boys, if you had Onana, would you drop him for Turner this week or not? Uh, I'm going to take this one. And, uh, who, the, who do United have? They got Spurs. United have Spurs. Oh. Pretty no by an answer. Yeah, I'd play I'm leaning 
Yep. I'm leaning 60% to Turner on that yep. one. But the home fixture against the worst attack with a solid enough defense first. Manchester United were just dreadful. They made Spurs. What's his, is it Cunha, the guy? Yeah, Matthias Cunha. They made him look like Pele. Yeah. So, again, it comes back to the does Onana then make six or seven saves again and get bonus points and all the rest of it. So, that's safety. I'd be playing Turner over Onana as well. What about you, Tom? I said oh, Turner. You said Turner. In that Turner. case, then, I think it's more 80-20 Turner. I think uh, if you look at uh, the United game and take away the points away from what Anana got, because I think they're very lucky points, there's a world where they concede a few. Um, there's a world where, and a strong world, considering the referees have now been dropped, where Anana gets a yellow card, concedes a penalty in the 97th minute, and walks away with a point. So, yeah. And I win my head to head. Yeah, and I win more of my you know, overall uh, game week one league where I get my money back for my buying. But, uh, yeah, look, I, I would be going Turner. If you weren't going to rotate Turner and Anana now, then you're never going to do it, and you might as well just have like Bentley on the bench. So, I think this is the week you got to do it. Like it. Last, Keep them coming. Last question that I've had in, unless someone's dropped one in while I've been recording, comes from Russo. Good to hear. Good to see you, by the way, Russo. It was good to see you put some questions in the chat. James Ward Prowse has had his transfer. He's coming at six mil. Is James Ward Prowse worth the punt? James Ward Prowse, definitely not. I think you go one million up and go to Bowen, who scored an absolute hurler. Yeah, I love Jared Bowen. I was so close last year to having him for a long time as well. Um, but with the issue with Ward Prowse is you just never know when he's going to return, and you can't predict his returns because it's all set piece dependent. He doesn't return a lot from open play, so carry a six million midfielder when you could spend point five and and get. And Buemo tonight, or you know, Eze, who are talisman for their teams and play further forward, wouldn't be taking a central midfielder that relies on free kicks and corners to get returns. Yep. I'll, I'll say this to you, Russell, and to anyone else thinking about Wood Prius. If you get him, and if you get him, and I'm not saying that you have to get him, it's not me recommending that you get him. I'm very much in the camp of no because I haven't done it. But I will say, if you're going down the route of getting a specialist free kick taker, a specialist set-piece taker who will do nothing and then get a game where he gets three returns and get 15, 20 points, you must pick him and play him every game week. Yep. Like you, have to, you have to go in. He Instead of having an Embremo 6.5, I'm saving 0.5. It's Ward Prowse. He sits at six. And you've got to be prepared to go. He's a six mil set piece specialist. There's going to be a lot of game weeks of two. There might be the occasional game week of one where he gets booked. And then there will be the scattered game weeks where he gets 10, 15 points. And in those 10, 15 game week point weeks where he gets those points, hope the rest of your team get those good points too. And you had a really good overall weight for the week. So I don't hate the pick, but a lot of people will then start benching this player like a Ward Prowse, and then you miss out on the returns because it's hard to predict. So yep. if you get him, you're playing him in every fixture, Man City away, Liverpool away, you name it. I like it. And before we move on, I've just had a few links sent through to me. Um, Dom, I know you'd spoken about this one to us already and I hadn't read it properly, but there are some reports that Reese James has picked up a hamstring injury and is going in for scans. So that's obviously going to take a bit of a knock to the... Chelsea defence, um, good for Chilwell um, as well, but probably bad for Chilwell at the same time because Chris James in that team makes Chelsea a better defence. 
which gives him better clean sheet potential. But the other one that I want to, yeah, I want more here. John Stones as well with a hamstring injury in training and will not be available for Saturday's game against Newcastle. So a lot of people on the John Stones train at that 5.5 defender bracket. You just go sideways now if you can, up 0.1 to ensure well. But this is the problem. A lot of people were going to go Stones to James. So, you know, that does leave people a bit short. Um, a lot, a lot of people transferred in James already as well, and this is why you don't make transfers early. Uh, yep, you wait, make them the last minute as often as you can. Which look, you know, here in Australia, when it's Saturday kickoffs, we get a good time zone of seven thirty p.m., eight o'clock p.m. generally for deadlines. So yeah, it's unfortunately, this first two game weeks, so we have a a Friday, uh, Friday night, Saturday morning time zone. First two game week five. Yeah, yes. once Europe comes back, then it goes back to normal. Yeah, there you go. All right. Is there anything else you guys want to touch on? Or no, I'm just having a look. I'm just having a look. Doesn't look like there's any other questions in the Discord. No, there is not. The only other question was, is there a podcast this week? Yes, yes, there was. And make sure you go and give it a five-star rating on Spotify, which I think you can do below and yep. get in the Discord if you have any future questions as well. And deal. So thank you guys for listening and for our listeners. Actually, if you haven't joined the league already, I will have the code in the description of the podcast. So make sure you jump into the Classic League. Make sure you have a fun game week too, guys. And make sure you follow us over on Twitter at FPL Dopata as well. Show us your teams and interact with us there. Plus, get in the Discord because we do have FPL channels in the Discord. But once again, from us, this has been our Game Week 2 preview and Game Week 1 review. We hope to see you guys next week and best of luck this weekend for your Fantasy Premier League.